Hi, it's Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, inviting you to subscribe to our other podcast called The Grave Talks. It's where I sit down and interview individuals who've had extreme paranormal situations happen to them in their lives. Just search The Grave Talks on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Be sure to press subscribe and give us some stars to help spread the word that this show exists. Now, here's a 15-minute preview of The Grave Talks. Today on The Grave Talks, Dark Magic. For several years, Yusef Tilly worked with a warlock in South Africa who used white magic to cure a variety of common and supernatural problems. Many incidents involved various types of jinns and other interdimensional creatures. Yusef documented these cases while helping with the preparations and ceremonies. How dark and deep does the demon world reach? What kind of extreme powers do these demonic forces hold over the living when invited in? And is there ever a way to reverse a deal that is made with the demonic? How how did you find yourself in this situation? How did you find yourself following uh, this individual and, and, and witnessing some of these, these things? Uh, well, it's partly by chance, actually. Um, through a friend of a friend, I had heard about someone who was having some uh, trouble, I suppose, where uh, the doctors couldn't quite explain what was going on. And... Uh, I suppose uh, part of the allure of it was that the society in which this person, individual, came from, um, they're quite traditional, so uh, they have a sense of reliance on traditional methodologies rather than uh, scientific or medical ones. And I thought, actually, when I first heard about it, that this is ridiculous. I mean, if people are having trouble, they should actually go and see a doctor or a psychologist or whatever is needed. Sure. Or at least explore those possibilities yeah which so, uh, which of course we all we all agree upon that should be usually step number one uh yeah absolutely i mean that's the reasonable step to take at least yeah so continue so, on with what happened then uh you know with with your findings uh well what had happened initially was that um uh i had met uh through some mutual friends a uh, this person, you could say, who is a warlock, uh, what he really is, is someone who assists people with, uh, you could say, spiritual matters. Uh, he's a kind of white magician, and uh, he happens, uh, I mean, over a period of time, we befriended, our, uh, we befriended each other. So I got to hear a little bit more about it, and um, when this particular case of this woman who was having a problem, when that came up, I asked to actually come along. So uh, he said, look, they will need some help here, but uh, I would need to operate under his instructions. So there and then we, uh, we kind of stuck a deal, I suppose. The agreement was that uh, uh, I, of course, would be going uh, to help along with him and I want, and in exchange, he'd allowed me to be exposed to how the magic worked and uh, how the process worked so that I could have a look and see if it interested me or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, this very first case, what had happened was uh, I wrote about it extensively in a story on my website called Bad Love. Uh, the, the story is also available on Amazon. So, I mean, it's been widely available. Uh, people have been reading it and I've got many comments on it. Um, but yes, so we arrived at this, uh, 
at this house, uh, which was a typical family environment, a lot of people quite uh, um, uh, quite nervous about what was going to go on that night. But uh, four of us arrived, uh, which was uh, the, the white magician as well as myself and two others. And we were joined by uh, men in the family who then um, led us to a room in which we began working the white magic on on this particular woman. Okay, so, now, now stop there for a second because I want to understand and, and paint the picture a little bit more for the audience. Um, tell me what part of the world this was going on in, and and when your 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 friend here got the call for help, what how were they reaching out? What were they saying? Were they saying that they exhausted uh, attempts at at medical intervention? And now, what what can you do for us? Fill us in a little bit more about that. Well, on that particular case, I didn't actually know the backstory. So it, I was completely new to the entire situation, and I was just going to have a look. Okay. So uh, I, I didn't really have many questions, but subsequently, in fact, the book that I've just uh, finished writing now is about one particular case uh, that I investigated with a, with a magician for close to two years. And there... Um, in that instance, there had been um, engagement with doctors, psychologists, okay. and so on, in order to try and resolve the issues and before the white began. And, and let's go into that one next. Why don't you continue on with the first story and, and tell me as you're going into this, you know, just as as someone who wants to, to witness and report on what they're seeing, what are you thinking? What are you feeling as you go into this? I know you initially mentioned you're thinking this is kind of, uh, you know, ridiculous, but let's see what happens. What what occurred on that first uh, first experience you had? Uh, well, when once I was in there, I was initially uh, kind of perplexed, I suppose, because the way that um, uh, the actual therapy was conducted uh, I thought, well, hang on a second, something doesn't quite make sense here. I mean, this woman doesn't look like she's ill in any particular way, but she certainly was behaving in in in, way, in stranger ways, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So at uh, one point in time, what happened was, uh, or at least part of the process is, uh, she was um, possessed by what is called a djinn. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's a kind of interdimensional creature that's made out of, uh, that's fashioned out of uh, like a smoke, uh, like smoke and fire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, and they, uh, they, they kind of like little demons. And basically what they do is that they enter um, a person's body through their, through, through the back of their neck, the nape. And inside, once they're inside, they begin to uh, pull these things and make them do strange things and so on, according to a certain mandate. So the jinn was placed there by a particular witch, and the witch was commissioned to do so. Um, uh, they usually use a uh, certain, like, personal effects, like uh, nail cuttings or period blood or something, in order to weave a charm, and that charm is hidden away. So the white magician is really it's an investigative process, not un- not unlike uh, a CSI investigation that you see on television where they need to find the magical charm first in order to undo the spell, and then they can get the chin out. So in order to do so, what had happened, and this really had, uh, interested me quite dramatically, was that uh, the white magician used the spell in order to channel the witch into the woman. And the initial part of the investigation began with an uh, interrogation of the witch, who obviously her body was laying somewhere, I'm not too sure exactly where. Uh, that began to pique my interest, and later on, we uh, 
he also called out the demon that was inside of her, at which time I got to speak to the demon. So initially, my, uh, uh, my interest really lied in the conversation I had with the demon. And that was, he said that he was uh, 800 years old. And I thought, hey, hang on a second. This was an opportunity to see humanity's history from someone who had lived it uh, for the past 800 years. And I was quite interested to see what a completely different perspective on the entire, uh, on our history was. And that's how it all began. So you, you begin this conversation with what is being told to you is a demon that is 800 years old. And I mean, there, there has to be an element to this going, okay, this is going to be interesting. This seems, you know, is this some sort of a mental illness that's plaguing this woman? Or is this something else? Is this, in fact, what it says it is? What do you ask of of this demon when you find out that that's what it is and that's how old it is on the spot? Boom, you have to ask some questions to try and validate that this is what it says it is. What do you say? Um, well, I started with the most basic things. How do you go to toilet? How do you have sex? What does your world look like? What do you eat? Where do you go? How do you hang out? I mean, do you have an education or don't you have an education? Um, you know, all sorts of practical questions to be able to draw a comparison between the life that we know and what is some creature living in some other dimension. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. In order to validate this stuff, uh, to, to validate whether this indeed was happening to this woman or she was really just having a uh, maybe a serious case of mental projection i suppose um what i wanted to do what i wanted to do was um, look at the details around it and see uh, whether they had a sense of congruency about them and um well we ended up having a, a i suppose a half an hour chat over it uh, in which um, I didn't get many answers, but I did get a few, and that piqued my interest. What were some of the, the answers that stood out to you that really did pique your interest, that made you want to dig deeper into this and not just go, this person needs serious mental help? Uh, well, the one that really stuck me was the way that they communicate. So uh, one of the things that I noticed the woman was doing um, very early on was that she was grinding her teeth a lot. I later found out that this was um, a form of communication called whispering. Okay, so when the demon told me how they communicate, he said that they have a sort of telephone network in which they are able to whisper at, uh, at a certain very, very low frequency and the messages are carried from one place to another until it reaches the, uh, the intended recipient. Uh, so it goes you know, mouth to mouth all along the way. But the messages are made in such a way that everybody can't hear them. Um, the person on the other end then um, knows, you know, knows how to make sense of them. So it, it sounded to me like this is quite similar to what we have in terms of technology, but in a, well, I suppose in a very different way. Mm -hmm. But um, but there was a certain sense of similarity about it. And from there, obviously, I started digging a little bit deeper. And, and as you dug deeper. Uh, and, and you went beyond this case. Tell me how that went. Tell me what sort of background did you find? And you had mentioned earlier the next case that you had followed this individual on who was, uh, what do we refer, refer to this person as, a magician, as an exorcist? What exactly are they? Who is the individual that you're following or, uh, or what do they do? Um, I'd say it's something broader than an exorcist. So I'll simply say a magician. Okay. Uh, that 
probably be an accurate term. Uh, and the range not, of activity. We're not talking David Copperfield, American television special magician. We're talking uh, what, what part of the world is this going on in? Um, all of this is happening in South Africa. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so I suppose I probably followed maybe around 10 to 12 cases for a period of about two to three years. Okay. And uh, this is all based in Johannesburg. Uh, obviously, the magician himself, he does travel. Yeah. So uh, he, he goes around uh, to different parts of the world in order to in order to resolve different kinds of cases when people call him. Okay. Um, and there are many like him. Now, take me into this next case where you did, in fact, find some more of the background and they had exhausted the medical care that was available to them. What were the doctors telling them? And, and at what point did the magician come into play uh, with that case? Um, when I got involved with the case, they had already seen several doctors. Uh -huh. um, and a lot of uh, the doctors refer them to psychologists. So uh, the woman who was possessed, uh, she was also a woman, probably mid-age, around uh, late 30s. Um, her husband was about the same age and they had two children. Uh, the situation, and I suppose their life stage and so on, obviously had, uh, after many years of marriage, had probably brought them into typically what is uh, the type of situation for many people where there are many challenges, kids are growing up, financial challenges, home challenges and so on, as well as personal ones. And um, uh, the psychologist's view was that uh, she obviously needed to deal with some uh, issues that she had in her past, which um, have been suppressed for a long period of time. Um, so naturally they had gone through that process for quite some time but didn't find any results and that is how they ended up at uh, uh, at the magician's door okay um, now, tell me tell me about some of the the symptoms that she was exhibiting because obviously there's a big difference between someone who is appearing to be possessed in in some way shape or form versus someone who is is suffering either from a mental breakdown or just some sort of a uh, you know a midlife crisis for lack of a better term just kind of folding or or crumbling a bit under the the terms of of what would be you know normal life stress at that point in in life Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, this is where it kind of gets a little bit strange. Um, one day, her husband comes home and finds her cleaning the entire house with uh, with, with a popular um, um, anti-sanitary toilet liquid that uh, that we sell here in our supermarkets. Now, it's 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 blue in color and basically stains everything because it's a very very strong detergent. But she had washed the wall. She had washed the the floor, she had washed the couches, the furniture and everything with it, effectively ruining a lot of the houses. So in a way, she had she had lost a sense of rationality, still thinking that this was the best way to clean it because it was a strong enough detergent to make sure that there were no germs available. Now these lapses in rationality uh, began to uh, be began to unfold in other areas of her life as well. So she wasn't, um, she was behaving strangely at work, which I don't know a lot about because there wasn't much spoken about it, but she would sometimes get up in the middle of the night and, 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 and simply leave or go somewhere else. She would, uh, her husband says that at some point in time, uh, she would snap in such a way that her voice and her demeanor would change that she would become an entirely different person.
I hope you enjoyed your 15-minute preview of our new podcast, The Grave Talks. Be sure to subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download podcasts to not miss any episode of the show. New episodes every single Monday. Just search for The Grave Talks and then press subscribe. Give us a review while you're at it and some stars that will help us grow in the rankings and let other folks know that the show exists to make an even better show for you. The Grave Talks. Check it out at thegravetalks.com. <laughs>